This week's show is brought to you by Miracle Made. Alright, now you guys, Brad and Alex, you know I like a lot of things, but I'm going to reveal a little bit about myself here. I really like sleeping. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm like, it's, oh, yeah. A, it's in my top three. Of it's a great I thing enjoy. to do. Wait, hang on. Eating, sleeping, and? Sleeping. Again. Okay. It's, All right. it's it's mostly sleeping, then eating, then sleeping Got again. Got it, yes. Got sleep, it. get up, eat, then you get back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. If I could eat while I'm sleeping, I would probably do that, too. Sleep, eat, sleep, repeat. Got it. Yes. And luckily for me, Miracle Made has sheets just for me. Because did you know that traditional bed sheets can harbor more bacteria than a toilet seat? And I'll tell you what I don't like, sleeping on a damn toilet seat. I would rather sleep in some nice sheets. I don't know, man. Have you tried it? Unfortunately, yes. And it's not my style. I won't ask you to elaborate. (laughs) Inspired by those punks at NASA, Miracle Made uses silver-infused fabrics and makes temperature-regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. It has self-cooling properties. The sheets that are infused with this silver prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets, and no more gross odors. Only the best odors in my sheets. You can go to trymiracle.com slash nextlander to try Miracle Made Sheets today. And whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift for a loved one, if you order today, you can save over 40%. And if you use our promo nextlander at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to miracle.com slash nextlander and use the code nextlander to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash nextlander to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Nextlander podcast, 67, 68, 69, nope. 60... Nine. Nice. I can't can't stop you. You're getting both news and game coverage. You're getting it from both sides. Both. Wow. News you can use. Game coverage you can also use. Lame. um, (laughs) Smotherage. Oh boy. Okay. You guys. Game. Game. Yeah. Game coverage you can leverage. Um, yes, there you go. Game coverage. Oh yeah, like that Dan the Automator album. Yeah, leverage. 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 Uh, is that like when you have leverage in a relationship? Is that leverage? Like uh, you've got the upper, you got the upper hand. You did the dishes for the whole month. You've got leverage, so now oh, yeah. you can go play Mass Effect for forty eight hours. Oh, straight. you've got hand, all right, and if, you're gonna need it. Oh boy, the upper hand. What is that? Hang on, what is that from? Seinfeld. Seinfeld, yes. Of course. Right. I, I reference four things yeah. on a yeah, regular basis. One of them is Seinfeld. Okay, Simpsons, Seinfeld. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, Hellraiser. Um, John Carpenter? Ghostbusters. 
Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters? Ghostbusters yeah. is the fourth. Four I don't know. Groups. I just threw a number out there, but okay. I'm pretty sure there's four at least. Okay. Twitter. Most mostly Simpsons and Seinfeld. Uh, this is the Next Lander Podcast. We are going to get to a grip of games here on episode 69. We've got Slime Rancher 2, Railgrade, Splatoon 3, you may have heard of it, Spider Heck, Hyper Demon, and we'll touch on a little return to Monkey Island, then we're going to get to your emails and the news a little bit later on, but first, in the segment we call The Banter, official TM, mm-hmm. banter, no one has ever done banter before, banter, you can right. ranter, I mean it's a straight up bullet point. Bant- it's a, it's a canter of banter. A canter. Document. Yeah. Uh, what's up, you guys? How's it going? Oh, you know, just hanging out. Oh, chilling. Good. Yeah, good. Good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's good banter. This is early a- podcast today. It's about 9.30 a.m. where I am. Yeah, we I'm should going, We should I'm mention to, that. I'm going to see a video game later. Stop it. They don't show video what? games What? Like, like in I, person? I was looking at the confirmation email this morning, and then it hit me. Is this the first time I've done this since the pandemic started? Is it? I think it, I think it might be the first time I have gone to see a video game in person. Man. Since this thing started. Are you allowed to at least say where it is? Is it at one uh, of the old haunts or is this new, are there new haunts? Oh, it's at a new one. Okay. This is, this is a new one on me as far as game demos getting hosted places. Okay. It's at the San Francisco Mint. Mint? You, like, a, like At first, when I saw it, when, when I read the invite at first, I was like, oh, the Mint. I haven't been there in a while. I used to go to karaoke night there. That place is fun. Okay, when you say the and Mint, I, is it actually and, like where they mint coins? or this? And, is then the I, and then I went and looked up the address, and it's not the Mint, the karaoke bar, which is also not six blocks from this place. It's the Mint. It is the federal, it is the place where they mint the money. Man! It's Can like, I give you like a request form when you go there? There's some look, there's some coinage. Like look it up on Google Maps. It is an it is an imposing edifice. Yeah, I've listened. It would have like, to be. I've seen it. Oh, you, I bet you, yeah, you of all people have probably gone to look at it. The San Francisco Mint. Um, I they I don't know if they still do specialty coins. They moved a lot of it to West Point. Uh, but man, oh, wait, wait, hang on. Is 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 a mint not something that every major city has? No, there was only, oh, as far this, as I know, there were four. There's total, San Francisco, right? West Point, oh. Denver, and Philadelphia. Oh, what the, f- wow, we just happen to have one of the few mints? Wow. Um, you know, there's there's an interesting history there. If you uh-huh. want, if you ever want to look up um, who does what. So Philadelphia and Denver get most of the circulation coins. San Francisco was getting some of the specialty coins, like silver and, and proof coins. I, I, and then, I just opened up usmint.gov, and it like it's almost like you, you were almost verbatim. <laughs> and then West all, Point does like silver and like gold gold coins. Although it does not currently produce circulating coins, it mints yeah. clad and silver proof coin sets. Yeah. Commemorative coins as authorized by Congress. Mint marks are pretty – so there used to be a Carson City mint. Um, there used to be a couple of other ones. Mint, listen, coins are fascinating, not just because they're small metal, awesome things, because it tells a lot about the history of the place from which they were minted. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it tells you about what cities were big, you know, when these mints were going and where yeah. the, where the ore was coming from and the shipments yeah. and centers of trade. Yeah, totally. Like, wow. Um, 2015, they had a robotics loop installed. <laughs> See, now that's. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought? Now you're minting with power. I, I think I, I think it, I think it, I should check. I think it's on some kind of mezzanine level that actual events are able to be held on. Like I don't think you can. Okay. This says this says the mint is not open to the public. So uh, I'm gonna double check what. Okay, 
it was what I thought. I was checking what you're going to see, and if there's any way I can relate that to a, a mint, I couldn't. I don't. I don't. Maybe it's just the space. That's it. Hey, mints are cool. There's a lot of machinery. Um, if you're there, maybe they have a... You can get a mint set. Those are cool. Right off maybe. the mint. Hot mint maybe. set. I might, maybe I might have to hit the gift shop on the way out. It might be expensive. The silver clad one. Silver's up. Mm. Silver clad is, uh, is pretty expensive. Silver, I'm going to say silver prices right now, not looking at them. I'm going to say $18 an ounce for silver prices. That's what I'm going to guess. I'm gonna say is gold, that good? I'm going to say gold. Maybe it's tw- in the 20s. I'm going to say gold probably still. I'm going to look it up right now now. Wait, hang on. Are you saying silver is more than gold? No. Right, no, right no. Now? I'm sorry. Oh. When I said 17, I meant $1,700. <laughs> silver, oh. silver, silver, probably around $18 an ounce. I'm going to say oh. gold, probably $1,700 an ounce. Oh, okay. I guess. What about platinum? Platinum is funny. Platinum, uh, sometimes there's palladium and platinum, which are also they make coins out of, um, if you want a palladium coin. I forget which one. One of them super high, and one of them has tanked. Um, which one is super high? Is it palladium? Maybe palladium tanked and platinum uh, went up. Anyway, you learn all this stuff when uh, you get into coin collecting mm-hmm. because how, coins are expensive. How many of these are alloys? I mean, obviously, silver and gold are not, but like, or maybe gold. they are. And maybe does does like gold, the colloquial term silver, mean actually like silver plus some other stuff? Oh boy, you get oh, no. I, you know what? Let's uh, hey, yeah, yeah, this well, is well, gonna be a whole. Pot. I mean, you've this is de- a ramble. You've cast. definitely heard of twenty four karat gold and eighteen yeah. karat gold and different. Yeah. So the, they they mix stuff in with the gold to make it harder or so, like pure gold. Twenty four right. karat gold is very very soft. Very soft. You can and bite then, it. Uh, I'm they, told. Yeah, <laughs> right. And then um and then they add stuff in. So. Uh, most you get 0.999, like fine silver is usually what the silver coins I get are 0.999, like nothing has zero impurities, right? So like 0.999 gold, some coins are like that, but some are not. Some have stuff added in for gold coins, um, have some, some stuff added in to make them a little sturdier. Like you could scratch gold very easily. I mean, that's the whole like thing. Remember like people bite it in the old West. Mm -hmm. Uh, let's see gold currently $1,670. An ounce, Ooh. silver, nineteen dollars an ounce, platinum, almost nine hundred dollars an ounce, and palladium, two thousand two hundred dollars an ounce. Wow! So you're saying gold is down? Well, is it time, it's time to get in. No, I mm. see, okay. Here's a little behind the scenes. I stopped even looking at gold coins once it passed like twelve hundred dollars an ounce. It just it it really went bananas and not worth it uh, i just couldn't justify it even yeah near is, is an ounce the smallest unit you can possibly buy no 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 you get fractional right. ounces an ounce oh, is wow. but an ounce is usually like <laughs> an ounce is like for me an ounce coin is like the coin right that's like oh okay you're gonna buy like the coin and then you buy fractional sizes of that like uh you know half ounce they go way down because gold's freaking expensive but I in swear, like where i swear i'm not getting into the gold standard here i promise <laughs> No, um, but gold used to be, uh, I'm just for funds for frenzies because we're old. Back in like 2004, 2006, gold. Oh, was, the old days. Gold was like four hundred dollars an ounce. Wow, wow, that's that's some appreciation. Yeah. So, are like, we running out of gold? Uh, so gold usually. Are the fu- banks out of gold? Gold, gold is is crazy. I don't know if you ever looked at gold. Is crazy rare on this planet. Like the <laughs> the entire. Well, that's why forget, it's expensive. I for, well, yeah, of course, but like, but it, it's but when you put it into a physical space, mm-hmm. it really makes you realize how rare it is. I forget 
Vinny may know what I'm talking about. Like, I've, I've read this before. Like, the entire quantity of gold that has ever been mined by human beings fits into a cube that is, like, way smaller than Is that true? I didn't know yeah. that. I didn't, like I didn't if, know if it, it had actual rarity. I thought like it was... If, 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 it all, if it were all melted down, or maybe it was a sphere, I forget exactly what the dimensions were of the thing that I read. But, like, it was, it was like, if you, if you melted every bit of gold down into one thing, it would be, like, way smaller than you might I, think. So, I think... I, this is totally anecdotally on my own, actually. So I don't know uh-huh. what, what you call that. Invented is probably what they call that. The reason I always thought gold was very popular throughout history is because it doesn't tarnish. It, it it keeps its luster and polishes. It doesn't rust. It doesn't tarnish. So if you made jewelry out of gold historically, like you'd find that it would still be shiny. Like if you made a crown out of gold, it would wouldn't tarnish. Like silver tarnishes. It kind of it gets dirty. Gold keeps its shine and it's a lore unfortunately the crown industry is not what it used to be not what it used to be gold rings gold earrings mm-hmm. you know that's stuff you can clean up over time and that's that's kind of awesome but now gold actually is using a lot of manufacturing and stuff too so same yep. thing with palladium and- here here it is straight from the u.s geological survey uh-huh all the gold discovered thus far would fit into a cube that is 23 meters wide on every side okay that's it how much? How about silver? Does it say silver, or is this just uh, gold? Silver is a lot more abundant, I think. Silver. I about gold. silver. How about palladium? No. I always thought it would be fun to have a palladium coin, but mostly from Mass Effect. That's that's just mm. because I mined a lot of palladium and platinum in Mass Effect. I learned a lot about elements from that game. Yeah, like Ezo. Yeah, sorry. I want an Ezo coin. Give me that Ezo coin. Man. Oh. We could talk about this is like definitely Ramblecast material. I could talk oh, about I this know. stuff all day and how I feel like I got priced out of collecting coins with with that little gold out there circulating. Uh huh. And some of it is being wasted on the tips of st- of no name stereo cables. Oh, that's the yeah. I don't yeah. That's like thin little gold yeah. plating. Yeah. Um. Anyway, precious metals. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Now on to some precious video games. Well, it's it's funny Brad mentioned going to an event because I, I completely forgot uh, as we were getting ready for the show rundown, I went to an event last week and I saw some stuff. Oh! I don't have a lot to say here because they were very short demos, but okay. uh, Nintendo had us out, had me out uh, for, I guess, what is their like holiday thing where they get a bunch of like mainstream press people together and be like, here's everything we're releasing this holiday. Yeah. Here's these Lego sets that we're going to be putting out and other things. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, but they also showed a couple of video games and I got a brief glimpse of Mario and Rabbids 2 and oh. uh, Bayonetta 3. Ooh. What do you have to say about them? Uh, Mario Rabbids 2, I did not get hands-on with. It was a steered demo, but, uh, they showed off, uh, one of the new Rabbids, who is the sort of, like, anime hero Rabbid. Okay, yes, I remember that from the trailers. And they showed off some of the Sparks stuff, because it's called Sparks of Hope, and they're, like, these little dudes that kind of follow you around and give you some extra abilities. Uh, it seems like the combat, like, there's more fluidity in terms of, like, where you can move around the map while combat is going on. Hmm. Uh, it seemed like there was just a lot more like dynamics in terms of like being able to position yourself during combat and kind of being able to float characters around in different places and do stuff that way. But otherwise, it looked like Mario versus Rabbits. Like, and I I mean that in a mostly complimentary way. Though also, some of the rabbits talk now, and that is really disconcerting. Mm. Like, like with should rabbits talk? Like recognizable Eng- English dubs? There or? is a. There is a brief bit before they cut the demo where you uh, encounter, I think, a pirate or sea captain rabid, uh, and he just starts talking to you, and it's very weird. There was that one that sang, right? 
Remember that yeah. one that sang? Singing Rabid? Yeah, I just, I don't know that I can truck with Rabbids that don't just go, wah! Yeah, yeah, listen, that's you know. stay in your lane, Rabbid. Maybe you're, maybe you're they're trying to distance themselves a little bit from the minion gibberish aspect because there's already too much minion Rabbid discussion, I don't know. What if they had a minion Rabbid in this thing? That would be a pretty good crossover. That would be a, I would, I would appreciate them doing it. A couple of times they use the word minions when describing some of the bad guys in that game, and sure. I'm like, you should just never just use this word. Stay I know you guys came first, but you should never use Stick this word. Stick to your brand Bible. Yeah. Um, uh, did, uh, so did, was somebody playing it live in front of you on yes. a Switch? Yes. Did it, how did it run? I feel like that's it like a, it's a requisite question for every Switch game these days, but also like the first game was like almost a switch launch game it came out like five months after launch or something like that it was it and was it, pretty soon yeah and, and I, I remember the first game being like a tad bit chunky what i saw did not look chunky okay also i think it might have actually been a little later than that because i don't feel like that sequel was that long ago i feel it was like three or it four was, years ago at most it was august it was the switch came out in march and then that game came out in august of 2017 man has it really been that long has yes. it been five years yes. 2017 since the- mario goodness. mario plus rapids was over five years ago now that is incredible to me uh it seemed to run fine from what okay. i saw okay. i did not That's see just, much in the way of chugging like i don't need to ask that about bayonetta because if they aren't if bayonetta doesn't run at ultimate smoothness then they should not release it but for this and for a lot of stuff like this so like, I feel like we're just, the switch is just that long in the tooth at this point that I just yeah. need, to, I need to know. Bayonetta 3, I did get hands on with. It was a very short combat sequence. It was like 10 minutes I got to play. Um, and it was all pretty much combat. But I mean, what I will say is the game feel felt right. It felt like what I remembered from Bayonetta 2, which was a long time ago, admittedly, but it felt right. Uh, I did notice the new voice actress who is oh. Bayonetta. Um, not in like a bad way. Like, she's fine. But it's it's noticeable that it is a different actress. Mm. But beyond that, I mean, it looks like Bayonetta. Like you are the the bit they showed was in Tokyo on the streets of Tokyo. You are doing wild fucking attacks. Uh, that which time all that stuff is there. Uh, I don't know. Like I, it, these were such short demos. There wasn't really a lot to extract from them, other than yes, these games are in fact actually coming out this year. Okay, I know Rabbids is out in, God, I started to say October, which is like three days away. I mean, not the game. October is three days away. The game is like 20-something, 21st, 26th, something. They're both late October, I think. Oh, so I was going to ask about Bayonetta. I thought that one was like December. Wow. No, I think that's late October. I think it's the 28th. Huh. Okay. Uh, I'm going to look it up right now. We got uh, Rabbids currently 20th. Okay. Okay. And... Bayonetta the 28th. Yes. Bayonetta. They also showed off a brief bit of uh, Sonic Frontiers, but it was basically the same stuff we've seen elsewhere. So not really a lot to report there other than that game definitely looks a little chunkier on the Switch. Was was somebody playing that one? Uh, There was someone playing that one, yeah. Has the Lego stuff. They show the Princess Peach Lego kit. I think that was one of the ones they had there. Okay. Uh, yeah, they had some other like holiday doodads and <laughs> things they were selling. I think they were selling like a, you know, like a little battery powered drivable Mario Kart for kids. If you want that, is that different than the augmented reality? No, I mean this is like a thing you, oh, your kid gets I, in and oh, drives around. Oh, no, like a Power yeah. Wheels style thing, like a Power Wheels kind of thing. Yeah. Oh wow, that's 
whose is it? Whose cart? Which cart? Is it, it just looks like a regular Mario cart, like oh, the standard man. one? Do you hook your phone on the front and get like a screen that can show you launching shells? At people? I did not see anything of to that effect. It seemed like a pretty straightforward. Here is your plastic shell. Here is a battery powered <laughs> motor. Go nuts. Is this why they shut down that weird Mario Kart thing in Japan where people were like racing fake Mario Karts? I doubt it. Okay. I doubt that's the reason. But mm. yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, it's one of those things where it's like you go up to a loft somewhere and there's like seven people standing around yeah. and you're on the couch and they're like, we're going to show you everything. And <laughs> yeah. it took about 40 minutes total to see everything. So did they have good snacks? Uh, they had coffee. That's They had snacks. I didn't have any. You didn't have any. OK. Yeah. OK. But yeah, wow, this was, is like, hey, in-person events, man. Yeah, yeah. Weird. I was, yeah, like planning out how much time I have between this podcast and leaving for that thing and going like, well, maybe I have 20 minutes to eat lunch. And then I was like, wait, what if they have chicken on a stick there? What if? What maybe if? I don't need to eat. I think one of my favorite, favorite low-key events, and I say low-key, like it wasn't a, a destination thing. It wasn't like hard, hardcore partying or, or stories to tell from it or anything like that. I think it was the Spore event at the... Um, Oh, the Spore launch party at the California Academy of Science yeah. before it opened. That is like maybe my favorite event yeah. that I've ever gone to. I For, think, first of all, it was like super laid back because it was just a launch party. So like, yeah, we may have already had the game or we left with the, it was, it I was think not we the left kind with, of, we left with like a demo disc or something, some kind of like, um, um, thing probably review, but I mean, it was when the game was coming out Okay, right around there. The point is, we didn't have to like go and play the game in at right. kiosks and like go write it up or something. It was more. There was a presentation though. I, I, there yeah, was yeah. A sit in the yeah. planetarium or it was something. In the wasn't planetarium. It? It was, yeah. So God. the Academy of Science is in Golden Gate Park. It's like a really nice science museum. That was it. Just being renovated. I guess it had been around. I think, yeah, I think just, it was being renovated. It was not newly built, but anyway, they had fully renovated it, and we got in there before it reopened to the public. And like, dude. <sighs> Not even about the video game part. Like just the, walking the, around. The best part, well, I mean, it was cool. Like, open bar in a science museum was pretty neat in the evening. But, like, the best part of that whole thing was the planetarium director seating everybody in the planetarium. They had not finished their automated planetarium show. <laughs> so he just manually took control of the software that oh, runs right, that planetarium yeah. and was, like, straight up <laughs> wasdy mouse yeah. look flying around in the universe and just talking about shit. Incredible. It was, was in-fucking-credible. <laughs> That was super super cool. I, th- that I think that's one of my f- favorites. Again, not destination, not travel. I think I want to say like Will Wright was there. Yes, talking about twenty two. Oh, uh, Frank Drake was there. Who's also, Frank Drake? The of Drake's Equation. I believe that's his name. Let me let me let me triple check that that is his name. Sir Francis yes, Drake. Yes, yes, Frank Drake of of the well known Drake's Equation or, or Drake's. God, I'm sorry. I should remember this better. Is it Drake's Paradox? Science. I believe it. Yes, it is the Drake equation. Okay. What is the Drake equation? It's, uh, well, I could read you what Wikipedia says. You can only Um, make three Uncharteds until... It's a a probabilistic argument used to estimate the number of active communicative extraterrestrial civilizations in the Milky Way galaxy. It's 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 basically a looking at, like, how many stars are there here? Like, how rich are the elements that we know to support life? what are the probabilities that there are X number of civilizations out there based on these numbers? Okay, so not exactly a lightweight. No, definitely not. <laughs> it He's was a, kind well, of well a known. 
already an astrophysicist thing overall. Yes. Like, he spoke, Will Wright spoke, and then that planetarium director did his thing. It was That seems like was, someone Will Wright would know. It was a pretty awesome evening. And we were able to walk around the uh, a lot of the exhibits uh, and just kind yes. of see that stuff. Yeah, which, again, had not even opened. But also, this was like, gosh, like... Uh, I think within a month of giant bomb launching or something. So it was just it a was lot was early. happening. Yeah. A lot was happening. Uh, and then spore happened. And, and yeah. then spore, spore had spore. ideas. Uh, all right. Spore. We all love yeah. spore. Um, before we uh, jump into our first break here, uh, that's a Nintendo event. That is, yeah. the, the, I'm going to, like I said, it was one of those events they normally have for like mainstream press. They just, they happen to bring me along. Ah, uh, ah, uh, I appreciate uh, it. I'm going to talk a little bit here about... Uh, I'm going to squeeze one more game in here before we hit the break. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Slime Rancher 2. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so Slime Rancher 2 uh, went into early access or game preview? Game preview game preview is what Xbox calls it. So it's on the Xbox and game preview. It's on the PC and early access on both. I think it's also on Epic Game Store. I don't know if they call their thing early ap- access there. Same as Steam. I think it just is early access okay. there. So... It's $30 if you want to get in on it. It's also on Game Pass if you want to get in on it. I, oh, boy, I should have checked this before the show. Does the Can you get it on preview if you pay for it on Xbox, or is it only yeah. through Game Pass? You yeah. can. Yeah, okay. You pay for it. Uh, I didn't know if Game Preview was just a Game Pass exclusive thing. No, no, no. It's been around for a long time. So it's 30 bucks. It is... Um, Feature-wise, it's pretty dense. It's It's got a lot in it. I don't think... In looking this up, I, I kind of confirmed it doesn't have everything in it. They said they're still going to add some more slime, some areas, hopefully some tech in there too, some gadgets. So if you haven't played Slime Rancher 1, it is a game where you are going out into this very colorful, very charming, cute world full of slimes that kind of are not necessarily Dragon Quest slimes, they're a little rounder, a little... A little more they're legally distinct <laughs> spherish but they're of different types so mm-hmm. there'll be like a fire slime a crystal slime a rock slime a cotton slime cotton slime in the new one uh and they make poops which are called plorts mm-hmm. and each plort is of a type a cotton plort. Oh, i didn't hmm i didn't make the connection that plort is actually probably a sanitized word for poop <laughs> It's a little plort. You made a little plort. Because, I mean, they plort. literally produce plorts by eating, so yes. I, didn't, mm-hmm. I just didn't it quite put sense. two and two together. <laughs> so <they're> little <laughs> so crystals. slime has properties that uh, it's favored food, it's diet, and then it's plort type. Uh, sometimes they have requirements for uh, their housing as well, their kind of environment. Do you, so you, you just need to go into the Slimepedia to get those mm-hmm. to get those affinities? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I, types. I fired this up having never played Slime Rancher 1. And granted, it's early access. It felt it felt like they kind of just throw you into it. This They're one, not, they, they do kind of throw you I into. I don't know if I don't know if they have like more tutorial planned for the final version. The on ramp here is pretty short and steep. Yeah, uh, like you're just kind of there and left to your devices in like 90 seconds after you start a new game. There's also a lot of assuming, even in the narrative setup, that you have played or are familiar yeah. with slime rancher one yeah kind of the setup for the main character like you're just getting on a boat and going off yes. into this new island it's, it's like so and so went to a new land and oh wow yeah. there just happened to be a fully featured farm right there yeah so so what i would say about so far in slime rancher 2 in early access it feels like a definitive version of slime rancher mm-hmm. bigger better looks looks like it um uh had a graphic update 
so far is not completely different than Slime Rancher. There's not there are some quality of life improvements. Some things are still missing. It just plays and behaves better, I think, than Slime Rancher One did. But a lot of the same slimes are just back in this. Uh, very, very majority. iterative is what, you, is what you're saying. Very iterative, yeah, and I think okay. intentionally so. So yeah. I, I looked up some what's coming next in the early access, and some interviews with the team say we wanted to make Slime Rancher bigger, just like a bigger version of it. The tech was getting limited on how we had made it. This is bigger. It's got different worlds, different li- or different m- more more of Slime Rancher. So uh, what you do is you go out there, you suck up a slime, you bring it back, you have designated plots in your area, your farm, where you can build corrals to keep a slime, and then you are on the kind of, let's say, clicker train at that point. Mm -hmm. Uh, And by clicker, I mean, hey, I need more carrots to make more plorts, to make more carrots, to make, you know, the the whole thing, to, to build it up. There's a market where you sell plorts. That's the, the what the slime oh, the produce. port market, the port market, and the prices fluctuate. And I think, though, I, I'm not sure. I thought I saw this explicitly said, but I think you can saturate the market and drive the price down. Uh, but I'm not 100 percent sure if that's exactly what's going on behind the scenes. Are you but, saying that you're price fixing the port market? I'm saying you can you can really kill the price of pink slime plorts mm. if you wanted to. Uh, I I feel like I all I ever sold it was pink plorts, and yeah. I feel like I saw the value of those go down even Plummet. in the first like half hour or something. It, it, I doubt this is the case. It would be cool if that economy was tied into the overall player base and not Oof. just your game. That might be tough. But, it would, yeah, it would I mean, just that, overall go. It'd have to be that, like a sliding scale. Yeah, that that could get lopsided pretty quick. Um, so I've, I've put a decent amount of time into this. I feel like I maybe have seen everything that's in early access and my economy is, I, I have more plorts than I know, more money than I know what to do. New bucks. I think they call it more new bucks yes. than I know what to do with. Uh, I'm not wanting for money. The, the real, the real management comes in. You can mix two types of slimes together. They're called Largos. You're doing a little slime husbandry. Huh? Yes. If you so, if you have a cotton slime which loves uh, water cabbage, I think I forget what it's called, but it loves this blue cabbage, and you have a tabby slime which loves uh, a hen hen or a special type of chicken, let's say a uh, stone hen, stone hen. I think it is called. Saying that out loud makes me get the joke now. A stone hen. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're like, man, getting stone hens is a pain in the butt. If you feed them their special type of food, they make two plorts, by the way, uh, not just one. Oh, a double plort. Double plort. So you can combine this tabby with the cotton, and now when you feed it the blue cabbage, it'll make four plorts because it inherits its favorite food from both slimes. Mm. Problem being, if that Largo slime gets a third plort, it turns evil and you have to kill it. It will just, it'll start eating your other. So you have to be a little careful there. You can turn that off in the options. My kids turn that off, but that is a, that is the, that is the danger of, of farming Largos. Also, you can't suck them up into your vacuum. You kind of just got to haul them into the, uh, the old sea when you're done with them. Is that uh, a metal slime? I think there used to be. You gotta, you gotta watch out when the metal slime <laughs> shows up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I um, in the first one, was there a metal slime? There was some, there's a gold slime. That's, yeah, I mean, there, there seems like infinite potential for, like, Dragon Quest references in this. I don't know if they go that way, but... Uh, slimes. I was a little scandalized when I saw what happens when you f- throw a chicken in the pen. Like, this is a bit... <laughs> it's a bit brutal. 
Uh, it, they in, just descend it, on that thing and oh, yeah. devour it. Oh, they like a chicken. Oh, yeah. Man, I felt saw one of them slimes get a hold of a chicken once. <laughs> uh, <laughs> when you don't feed them for a while, they get this kind of uh, manic look in their eye and the drool starts coming out of their mouth. Huh. Okay. Maybe I should play more. I, well, actually, I think I might go back and play some of the first one because, mm. like you said, this one's pretty limited, but like, I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm constantly on the hunt for something to follow up Viva Pinata. It's not. It's this not, isn't quite, not exactly that, it's, but yeah, it's more. Uh, I would call it more of like a. I guess Viva was kind of a it's, simulator. It's like, oh yeah, right? Viva Pinata is a hardcore management sim. Yeah. It's just that it's a little different. Than, like that is a menu-driven game largely. Yeah. Like you're doing a lot of terraforming there, and like letting things happen whereas this is basically a first person shooter where you're yeah. actively running around like picking things up and throwing them and stuff so it's not I'm I'm talking more like tonally or aesthetically or something like I mean the thing I really like about Viva Piñata is how just inherently absurd it is like there's just something off kilter about that yeah. game that's a little disturbing and baffling and yes. this is a little more this is more kind of conventionally cute Th- this this is definitely more conventionally cute and also very positive it's an extremely yeah. positive yeah. game, even in the writing yeah. and everything. It's a very yeah. good vibes game. Yes. Um, Whereas like every time, like most of the NPCs in Viva Pinata, when they would show up, I would feel a little disturbed because they all look a little bit frightening. <laughs> no, this game is very sincere for the most yeah. part. I mean, there are some, there are some like fun jokes in there, but it's a pretty sincere game about kind of, um, it's very heartfelt. There's a lot of heart in this and, and you know, a lot of, uh, you know, searching your feelings for what you're doing there on on this farm yeah. while you're yeah, harvesting the. I, I could see the appeal. I see. I mean, I see the resource loop and the upgrade loop, and I can see why. And there's adventuring in it. You do, it you do explore and open up uh, secrets in in the lands. You have to do light puzzle yeah. solving. Uh, you got a jetpack. So so the thing that is missing so far, if anybody's played Slime Rancher one, the thing that I um hit the wall maybe, and I have to wait. A, the narrative has kind of ended, um, at least from what I could see in the early access. And they did say that more of that's coming later on. There are, aside from plorts, there are environmental resources you can get. And you get those kind of just by mining them. You can use your um, your vacuum thing that's new in Slime Rancher 2. There's just an attachment used to get those. In Slime Rancher 1, you could just stick extractors on things and come back mm. and, and grab the resources later. Here you're getting like three at a at a clip and you got to go find more of them. And some of these upgrades take like 20. So you're, you're really hunting around for some of these upgrades and it's a little tedious at that point. I, I want an extractor to just drop down and start <laughs> digging out the land. Um, there, there is in the narrative, there is some kind of weird. And the first one went in really cool places too. narratively. This one, there is some kind of weird thing going on in this Island. And the story is told through these little AI drones you find uh, around. Uh, it, it's, Something's going on here, hmm. and I want to play more. But it, I think I said, I think I'm at the end of the early access content for the most part, as far as I could tell. And I'm just gonna have to wait, like everybody else, for more to come uh, down the road. Seems like it is doing, <clears throat> excuse me, quite well. Slime Rancher One did gangbusters. Yeah, I'm, I, yeah. I'm sure that thing sold through the roof. I, mean, I they, think it was over a, three million at some point. Geez. I saw. Yeah, yeah they, they put out a tweet the other day, like within like two days of launch, they had sold like 300,000 copies of this or something. Okay. So they yeah. clearly, clearly more appetite for slimes, but uh, I might, people I might love the go, slime. I might go check out that first game. Yeah. It's it, like at this point, that game is pretty feature complete, you know, like they, it was yeah, in early sure. access as well for a long time. Uh, but 
they added a couple of DLC packs to it. I really liked that first one. It, it was a lot of fun. You get into a rhythm where your farm kind of runs on its own at some point. There's some decent automation in the first one. This one, I should say Slime Rancher 2, also the thing I'm missing is in Slime Rancher 1, eventually you just get a robot to feed your slimes. Basically, go get the food, stick it in the thing, do all that. Uh, I don't have that yet. So I do the loop around all of my territory now, all five areas of it, and it's almost nighttime by the time I'm done. And mm. But I, I don't have too much left to hey, explore. Hey, it's hard, hard work out there ranching for them oh, slimes. Yeah. I've got every slime. I've got every upgrade, I think. Um, I had a lot of fun. I put a lot of time into it. Just wanted to keep going. Uh, the teleporting and the running around is not super great, and the economy right now in early access is not super great, I think, for getting the upgrades. There's some tedium in it. You run out of energy running around very yeah, often. Yeah, stamina, the stamina is very limited. It's very limited, and getting the stuff for the upgrades is a little tedious. So, um, so it took me a long time to get to a point in that game where I wasn't just frustrated running around. You also start with very small inventory slots and also can only hold like 20 plorts, I think, at a time, which is pretty limiting. So uh, I know it's very popular, it's, as it should be, Slime Rancher 2, early access, available across or on PC and Xbox. Um, again, it's on Game Pass. It is early access, and it is $30, Slime Rancher 2. I'm kind of bummed i reached <laughs> what i think is yet the they did say all content moving forward as uh, uh, stuff comes out should you should be able to pick up and move on they're not going to like reset your save that's what they're right. saying now so if you do reach like where i am where i'm like i don't think there's not much left for me to do as they introduce new areas and new narrative and new stuff in the early access you should just be able to pick up from where you left off so that's hopefully the case i put a lot of hours in uh, i checked that before i started putting too many hours in uh slime rancher 2 out now uh, and we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with Railgrade. So stick around. This week's show is brought to you by Rocket Money. Brad Shoemaker, Alex Navarro. I bet you guys have subscriptions. I had a lot of subscriptions. I had too many subscriptions. And at a certain point, I had to drill down. I had to, I had to focus. I had to make sure that I did not have so many subscriptions anymore. You had to take time out of your day. My busy schedule. Your time, which is worth more than anything, to find those subscriptions and cancel. Brad Shoemaker, do you live a subscription lifestyle? I am just a walking monthly bill at this point. <laughs> it's the world we live in. If you need help, boy, guys, I got some, uh, I got some news for you. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. It says here that most people think they're spending $80 on their subscriptions, when in reality, the number is closer to 200 My God. What are we even doing? With Rocket Money, you can easily cancel the ones you don't want with just the press of a button. Rocket Money also lets you monitor all your expenses in one place, recommends custom budgets based on your past spending, and they'll even send you notifications when you've reached your spending limits. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. That's rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Thanks, Rocket Money. 
And we're back and get on board for rail grade. Choo choo. Choo choo. <laughs> we got a Vinny game here, folks. Do uh, we? I think so. Okay. Okay. I don't know if it would if it's like I one hundred percent Vinny's gonna play this forever kind of game, but I okay. think it's the sort of thing you would like. Oh no, it's keep saying Vinny. I like the. Uh, I like. I want to know. Yeah, in the third person. I think Vinny would. Th- when Vinny would saw Vinny the, like this, you when think? Vinny saw the trailer for this, it was definitely one of those zoom out. Uh, look how big the map is. Things with the trains. You know, mm-hmm. I think uh, Brad said that uh, we have maybe passed the point where that's impressive anymore. But Vinny still thinks Railgrade could be a lot of fun. Okay. Vinny wants to know more. I think about Vinny's Railgrade. right about that. Okay. What, so, what does Alex think? Alex thinks that that Railgrade seems all right so far. Um, this is not normally my kind of game, but I remember seeing the the trailers for it, and I'm like, you know, there's there seemed like there might be something here. Mm. It feels a little more puzzly than maybe like something like okay. a, a Factorio. Uh, at least in the campaign missions that I've played so far, it is very much like they are taking you to discrete areas and giving you specific goals. Um, so, like you know, in just a, a few of like the the very early you know tutorial ones, like. Let's say they give you a map, like a square, and on the map there is uh, there is uh, oil wells, and then there's an oil refinery, and you gotta get you gotta connect those things, and then you gotta get those things once the the oil refinery has refined the product uh, to a zeppelin depot, which is where stuff is picked up. It's it's a zeppelin. I don't know. Uh, I listen. I love a zeppelin. Yeah. Uh, and so you know you just have to connect the tracks. You have to build stations. The right number of tra- you know a train with like the right number of engines for how many cargo things you have. Um, and then you just have to connect all those things and make them go. And it's pretty like so. I'm playing on PC. It's also on Switch. Uh, it's pretty drag and drop for everything. Like you can just kind of mouse you know connect everything. It's a little finicky in some places in terms of like the connectors and especially if you're contact- mm-hmm. connecting multiple track lines together. Uh, it can sometimes feel a little bit like I'm not sure if I'm lining this up exactly right, but it mostly just works even if you don't get it 100% like the the way your brain wants it to look. How does it handle track elevation? Are there multiple levels of track yes, elevation? Yes, there are. And you can raise and lower tracks depending on what you want. And so... It, uh- as you're going through the game and it's like, okay, we're going to start with the cotton candy or whatever it is. And it needs to get to a Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. Are there things that complicate it? Like, Hey, we're going to start with the refined sugar that needs to go to a mill to get turned into cotton candy. Then that is it like a, like a, there's an a efficiency element to it as okay. well. So there are areas where you have to build additional infrastructure. Like there's one where you're uh, like similar to the oil thing I was just talking about. If you want to grease the wheels a little bit in those places, yeah. you have to deliver water to those places. So they let okay. you build a water, you know, like extraction facility. And then you have to build lines that go both to your your well and to your refinery to get the water to those places. And that increases efficiency. There's also workers involved and you have to decide how many workers to assign to th- certain places to make them, you know, maximum efficiency. And it seems like you will also have to build rail lines sometimes in some cases to get them to where those places are. What is the resource limiter? Like what is how are you dealing with why can't you just build everything? Well, so there's money involved. Okay. Um and there you're working is. for what appears to be a space corp. It's one of those. Okay. Um and they're like, everything's fucked here. Fix it. Uh and so that's kind of the setup. And so like it seems like at least in the early missions, they're not really limiting you on money. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but it seems like there that will become a factor at some point. Is there a, a target? The, is there like a spending target? It's less that there's a spending target, or at least not in the ones that I've seen yet. That doesn't mean that there isn't going to be one, but I just haven't run into one of those missions okay. yet. But the main thing you're going toward is you need to, you know, extract a certain amount of a resource in order to beat the level, or you have to reach an, reach an efficiency rate. Uh, which is to say, you need to be delivering a, a, ma- a certain amount of water to this this base oh, neat. Uh, for okay. the Zeppelin to pick up like fifteen water per hour or something. Okay, and that involves a lot of like you know making sure. Okay, I need to add trains here. I need to create new track lines for that kind of stuff as well. Um, there is also an element of you know making sure trains go on the right tracks. <laughs> there are switches you can use to switch them between manually. Uh-huh. I have sometimes found that it is a little hard to set a train to only... Like, I haven't figured out how to get a train to only go on one track if it is connected potentially to two. So if your train goes off the track, can you pick it up, pick it up, pick it up? It doesn't go off the track. Okay, good. It just okay. it sometimes doesn't go to the... I see what you're doing there. Okay, thank you. Uh, Brad's just it, shaking his head. Yeah. But sometimes it <laughs> uh, won't necessarily go to the the side one. It won't switch. It won't switch unless you manually switch Got it. it. Are and there I wish, sensors? I was kind of hoping there might be a way you could just set a train and be like, only go on this track. Okay. All right. It's I, a little finicky in places, but it seems like there's something there. It looks pretty nice. Uh, and, you know, I'm still fiddling with the tools a little bit, and I don't think I've seen the full tool set yet, but it seems kind of neat if you're into those kinds of games. I, um, I didn't realize there was a sci-fi element. I didn't realize this was a colony. Uh, I thought it was more. It's it's a light dusting of that stuff. Like it's mostly emails you get from your CEO who seems to mostly kind of hate you. Okay, so is it not steampunk at all? Like the Zeppelin thing made me think it might be. I mean the the trains you're building are steam engines. It seems mm-hmm. like, but it might just be that they it's a steam based economy on these other planets. I don't know. Well. I mean, I guess the real question, are there top hats and goggles mm. in combination? Because I haven't seen not, a person yet. Okay, okay. Then maybe not steampunk as yeah, such. Yeah, there are no people. It's uh, 20 bucks. So yeah. It's on, uh, it's on Switch oh, and PC. Cheap. Oh, it's like 18 on sale right now on Epic for the first week or something. Yeah, I might check this out. It's. Uh, I, th- I think you might dig it. Yeah, it sounds a little more puzzle gamey than factory game, but I don't mind that. I don't but that's the that. thing is, I think you would enjoy that as a yeah. puzzle element more. Well, that, than, that sounds like a nice twist on the yeah. genre, actually, to me. Yeah. Instead of just in kind of an open-ended, just like you know, efficiency optimizer or whatever. Like, yeah, that's like more um, along the lines of the. Oh my gosh, name is escaping me. The like Shenzhen and uh, um, oh Shenzhen IO and the yeah. Zactronic mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. yeah, more like Zactronic stuff of just like, hey, it's about efficiency, but there's a target here. You know, there's right. a. There's a, a puzzle. Rail grade. Rail grade. Get that rail grade. I it'll like be the, out as of the time this podcast is available for everyone. I think it'll be out. A PC and Switch. Yep. Uh, we played some more Splatoon. We'll I've been playing a yeah. lot of okay. Splatoon, I think, man. I think Splatoon 3 is pretty good. It is. I, I don't... I don't know if it's meaningfully better than Splatoon 1 or 2. I'm not, like, in an authoritative enough position to say. I think maybe it's just that I've played more Splatoon 3 with people I know, which makes any multiplayer game better, but... Well, they've made it easier to do that, which I think is, is an important thing, because that was always a little bit of, you know, a bugaboo with, with early Splatoon, is that it was harder to get mm. into matches with your friends than it should have been. Hmm. And so, the tools here are not perfect, but I feel like they're a lot more streamlined than what they used to be able to do. We were able to get 
the three of us and Abby Russell on a team mm-hmm. and played against the folks at Giant Bomb on yes. another team. So I'm going to call mm-hmm. that a major success. Yes. Uh, reliably and for, I don't know, an hour and a half or so. Yeah. Uh, and had a really good time doing it. And without major headaches on the Splatoon end, on the <laughs> getting the stream started was a little tough. But I feel like the only I mean, thing that kind of sucked is that you couldn't go buy a new gun while waiting in the lobby. Yeah, that's a yeah, thing. Some of some of the between match stuff and that thing could be better. Like it's it's real easy even when you're just in the uh, not the ladder, but the kind of the public hopper. Like it's it's very right. easy to accidentally commit to playing another match oh. when you don't mean to, and then you can't exit out of the queue as soon as you do that. And or and they if you they penalize if you quit if you quit too many times, yeah, they'll be like, hey, you might not be able to play anymore if you keep quitting <sighs> matches. So my um my son, this is his. Let's call it his first online endeavor. He he still needs to ask if he can play online. That you know about. That I know mm. about. Knock on wood. I mean, he was playing that Pokemon MOBA online mm-hmm. with people, and it, it's very similar to that that I feel like with Splatoon. It's fairly anonymous. It's fairly positive. It's fairly reinforcing good behavior in terms of the gameplay it's pr- the tonally pretty light, so yeah. um, you know but that's the thing. Like the violence in that game is completely like it's all smiles. You know, like yeah. when you when you splat someone, it's not violent or horrible. Like it's just you know, it just kind of they kind of just blink out for a second and come back. And it's like yeah, it, the, most of that game really is just about covering the environment. Like but, like shooting other players is almost incidental. That, that's kind of what I was getting at the week it came out on here about like Nintendo managed to make a multiplayer shooter in a very Nintendo like fashion yeah. where yeah. like people aren't getting like riddled with bullets and stuff. Not that like I mean it doesn't bother me obviously, but some some people and especially well, kids might be sensitive to that kind of stuff. Well, there's no chat, you know. There's no there's not even a, a text well, chat there, going on. There is if you have if that, that like app, stupid Nintendo yeah. online app or whatever, but no, like no. I one don't uses think anybody's that. using that. So there's oh. very little expectation for chat. Uh, there's, so there's little expectation for griefing. You know, I can, I can feel okay that my son's going to go on and he's not going to feel bad about himself because you know what he did. They do rank you at the end of the match, which, you know, tells you how many points you got. Um, and also what awards you got, like what you know, awards you one got territory splatter or whatever. So you can't see if you're at the bottom of the list. Like I always am, but you know, it, I, I think that's okay. It, I mean, you're more, not that discouraged by it. So. I mean, I just know that I need to get better. And I think he, when and he you sees did get that better. stuff, I do I mean, get that's, better. That's, that's the thing for me coming out of that stream was that we were kind of really on the back ropes for the first several matches. Yeah. But by the end of it, we had really been dialing in like roles and strategy and team communication. And like it started feeling like a real ass competitive multiplayer game where we were getting way better in yeah. a short time. I mean, Abby was amazing. Alex, you're yeah. also amazing and very good. Uh, Brad, you had figured out your paintbrush strategy very, very well. Mm-hmm. I feel like I never quite, I was getting better at the mechanics of the fundamentals. I feel like I still haven't found the weapon I want to use mm-hmm. in that game yet. And there's which, a lot of weapons. Like some of them are variations on a theme, but like there's a pretty di- like wide variety of stuff in there. And I feel like you will find something. I'm just not sure you found it yet. Well, there's an interesting combination and anybody who's played plates with tune for uh five minutes knows more than i do about it but there's an interesting combination of the weapon for putting down paint or defense or offense but then there's also the what are they the special and the alt weapon which i feel like when you get a bummer of a special you're like oh man i don't even know if i like this weapon because the special kind of stinks or if your grenade is is a bummer you're like "Ah, i don't even want to use this because the grenade's a bummer 
So I think there's some of that. And Brad, you and I were talking about it. Learning the counters to the specials was pretty yeah. important by the end of the match. Yes. Of, oh, you can dodge these missiles if they're incoming yeah. or these laser paint rollers that are going around. But you kind of yeah. don't know that until you've got some matches under your belt and you can kind of see what everything does. Or even spawning in on the map on another player. You know, there was one match there after I had really learned how to do it where I was just spawning in and dying over and over again. Right. Realizing that, like, oh, don't spawn in the hot zone because they see you spawn in there. I mean, this is all basic stuff, but it's stuff I even learned over the course of these, I don't know, 15 matches we did. And that's the thing is that that took me a while in the original Splatoon as well. Like, I was pretty fucking bad Mm -hmm. in Splatoon 1 for a while. And then I eventually started to piece together the things I needed to do to get better. And the thing is, that took so much time, and I spent so much time playing it, that's kind of why I burned out on Splatoon 2 mm. pretty early. Like, it was just too much of the same thing, and not enough that was, like, new or interesting at that point. But it's now been long enough since Splatoon 2, and my not really playing that much of it, that I feel like I'm all the way back in. You got a clam There's all other modes. And then yeah. We played a match of Clam Blitz, and that was, like, very meaningfully different from Turf War, and then I don't even know what Rainmaker is, but, like, there's more in there to do, and I kind of want to play some more of it. Some of those other modes were in the, like, those are the ranked online modes, uh, and some of those were in the previous games. It's just I've never been as much about the ranked modes as I am just playing Turf War. But, but, yeah, yeah but, I, I mean, that's the thing, is that, like, th- those modes are fun. I, I love, I mean, ever since ever since the heady days of three-wave CTF, I love an objective-based mode, like sure. where like the, the killing people is not the point, it's just the, mm. it's part of a larger strategy to accomplish a thing, like that, that stuff is awesome. I would like to, Abby, if you're listening, I guess I could just message you, but if you want to stream with us again, we should, should maybe just like hit the public ladder at some point and yeah. just see how we do, I gotta, although I would I also, I would also... I would also rematch Giant Bomb if it came to it. For mm. sure. I was just talking to Jan today to, to see uh, to do it do it again. We're so close. Why would yeah, we why so would we close. need a rematch? We won. We we clearly yeah. kicked their asses, it's obviously. I mean for how the first half of the matches went, I feel pretty good about how close we oh, totally came. We came within a hair. Um you know. that was a lot of fun. You can check out the archives up now. Uh that was that was a blast. And thanks to Abby and thanks to Giant Bomb. The yeah. uh, I will say this last thing about getting roped into another match. My son, who's been playing constantly, gets one more match because of that. Uh, like, oh, dad, I'm sorry, I hit the next match yeah. thing and I can't quit. That's- so I wind up having to finish his matches often to be like, because you know, he'll play up until dinner time or, or something, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, and he's genuinely, he's not trying to get one more in, he genuinely just, it's you just get. You hit the button so quickly, you go into the next right. load yeah. back in. He's like, "Dad, I'm sorry, I launched into another match." I'm like, "All right, all right, I'll get your, I'll, and then I'll his, cover you." And his controls are inverted, or his ah. controls are not inverted. So I have, I always have to play. I still don't use the motion. Yeah, the, 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 the controller inversion comes in on the mom's side. <laughs> yeah, she's she's the one. Uh, that's Splatoon three. It's been out for a bit. Sixty bucks on the Switch. Still, uh, heck. Of a game. Yes. Mm-hmm. And speaking of other hacks mm-hmm. of a game, Spider Hack. I Spider Hack. Genuinely love Spider Hack. It's pretty good. If you haven't played Spider Hack, apparently it dropped. It was in some kind of demo form for a while, never really like, went yes. away. It's part of the Steam, Steam next, demos. It was the Next Fest and the Xbox demo extravaganza. But uh, it's 15 bucks. It's on Game Pass. I don't know what state it's in on any of the other consoles. I've been playing it on Game Pass. It's also on PC, apparently also on PlayStation, but again, I've mostly been on uh, the Xbox Game Pass version. 
I played it on awesome. Steam. Yeah. yeah. And had the f- my first experience of a game installing the Epic Games middleware on Steam. Whoa. Which is fucking weird. Whoa. I mean, whatever. It's old hat. I mean, like, there's the Origin Thin Client and the Rockstar Games mm-hmm. Launcher stuff. It's just that again. But, like, to have it, to have a window pop up when you yeah. launch a Steam game that is, like, styled in the Epic Games Store Chrome and window stuff is just a little jarring. Mm-hmm. I think it's, you know, it's just standard API stuff tying into friends lists and so forth. It's not a big deal, but it's a little weird. Did you play with a mouse and keyboard? Yes. How was that? It's okay. Is it mouse it's aim? Okay. Like, is it like yeah. a reticule? Yeah, it's mouse aim. It's okay. WASD move around. It's, it's, it's playable. I don't know that it's the way to play. Right click for web? Um, no, web is on jump. You hit, okay. it's like a double jump. You hit jump again in the air to web. Okay. I think it's I think it's right click to pick stuff up and left click to use. So it's uh it's basically in, uh, like online but I am going to shorthand it as a kind of fun couch co-op experience because it's kind of in that vein of a a yeah. little uh, arena where everybody has a little spider and there're just a bunch of bananas like energy weapons and swords rocket and launchers rocket and launchers flashlights. And you can play PV, PvP or play against your friends or whatever, but you can also, there's the thing I've been playing the most is a um, gauntlet style mode, a, you know, a, a wave-based mode that I've been playing with the kids, and it's super fun. You get uh, little upgrades every new map that lets you do different things like, hey, the energy weapons are bigger or explosions are bigger, so little card modifiers it's cool, man. It's fun. The webbing around is super fun. The things that happen in that game are fun. If you don't know, now you know. If you don't know, you get a. You can get now a. You know. a <laughs> if you can throw your sword and you can retrieve it back to you, you get like yep. you, there's there's mild force, force powers on uh, most of the weapons, but uh, especially if you throw your sword, you can then force it back to you, which turns into boomerang stuff. The um. Friendly fire is amazing because so much is happening. Swords are flying around. You will constantly get uh, wrecked by your teammates. But if one teammate survives the wave, everybody respawns. So mm-hmm. y- y- that is a lot of fun, too, because it puts a lot of pressure on the last person to be like, don't die, don't die, don't die. You've got this. It's just the loop is great. It's a lot of fun. And it looks and plays really well. It's a very simple concept executed very well, I think. Like it, it feels like they've they've pretty much nailed the thing that they are going for. Did the demo have the wave based single player stuff? I can't remember. It did, yeah, but this okay. feels way more fleshed out. There's yeah. what, what do they call that? Tears of heck. That's I different. Think is what I it's think. called? I think that's it is a called Tears of Heck. I think that might be a that, single player one. That that's is what I mean. single player. Yeah. Okay, is, that, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Okay. It is a single player mode. That's, that, I played. I played some of that. So Tears of Heck, I don't think was in the okay the, okay. the original one. The, the yeah. multiplayer wave based one was was in the original one. Right. Yeah. Like I, I don't think that single player wave based stuff is enough on its own. But it's no. like nice to have. I guess when I when I just want to like fire it up and try the game out, the final game, it was nice to just have that and not have to get a match going. I don't know if you unlock stuff through that mode. I mean, it's a good way to spar. You know, it's a good way to yeah. get a yeah. feel for yeah, for, for playing. Practice. Yeah. If, but if, also it's 15 bucks in game pass like you know yeah. it's not it's not a lot if you want to know the real spider hack challenge and gameplay it is getting going to the right hand side of the screen and trying to navigate that right hand side of the screen special zone that 
is the app's actual challenge. I've made it to the third or fourth platform, and uh, that's about as far as I can get with. I, I, I like a game with a playable menu, and even uh, more a playable menu that's got like some high tier advanced challenge built right into it's it. It's hard. You can just run over to that's pretty neat. Uh, it's it's tough. Spider Hack is super fun. We're gonna play some more of it. Hopefully, coming up here maybe yeah. next week. It was uh, one of the standouts of that demo like yeah. run back in the summer. Like it was it was something that, that definitely stood out then, and it feels like they 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 executed on it my kids and i have a lot of fun with it cool look and music also yeah the music is also very good and the pace the pace is fast and 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 fun uh i'm gonna wrap up here i think in the game zone with return to monkey island which i put a bow on uh last week finished it up that game's not super long i think it's interesting i think it it hits what it's going for in terms of its story, there's a mm-hmm. there's a kind of um, epilogue, let's say, in the scrapbook you get for the game, which really really ties the whole game together. It's kind of a, a kind of heartfelt little epilogue, which I think recontextualizes Return to Monkey Island in a way that huh. made more sense to me. Interesting. Uh, it's a it's an out of universe. It's an out of game thing. It's it's, it's from the developers. But it's it's interesting, and I thought oh. I thought that's worth if you if you finish the game, you know, go back into the scrapbook and go check that out. That's uh, cool. Yeah, it, I, it it's neat. I've I've started to feel like the title. I mean, whatever, it's fine. I'm sure they picked the title they wanted. Like something about Return to Monkey Island is a little generic to me, and just only in the sense that it's slightly hard to keep this one straight with all the other Monkey Islands that have come out. For sure. Like, like that sounds very much like it could have been the second one from like 1992 or whatever. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like when you're, when you're just looking up monkey Island games, like this one kind of gets lost in the mix a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say, there's been a lot of questions about how long to beat.com recently since game pass integrated it. <laughs> so let's put it to the test. Okay. Let's, let's, let's check the integrity of their data here. Okay. Any idea what your final playtime was? I will. I'm opening up the Steam app right now. Oh, that would work. And let's see what uh, my time was on Monkey Island. All right. I have it up here. Yes. Okay. Total. Pl- my my total playtime was about 10 hours. Oh wow! Okay, like the ten point six it says here, but I'm going to say some okay. of that time is you know the game left on or something like that. and scrapbook and stuff. Yeah the the median the median time to beat for main story here is ten hours and twenty three minutes. That's so like that's pretty much that's, that, dead on. That seems pretty good. Okay, twelve hours for main plus extras. Oh, that's probably every card. Yes, I mm-hmm. gave up trying to get all the cards at some point. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's say that's well, a more hey, single data point, but that's yeah. not bad. Congratulations, Vinny. You're mid. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I'm just the average. Right you know? in there. Uh, yeah, it's it's good. It's a it's a good. Is it funny? I mean, did you did you laugh? I, I don't. That's not fair. Like games are Why? hard to make it's, funny. It's Monkey Island. <sighs> well, okay. You're Let gonna me tell say- me that wasn't the appeal of Monkey Island? Okay, I have said this before monkey island was never my favorite adventure game and mm. i think i think it's Uh-oh. charming and i think it is i think it is charming and i think it is a lot of fun but i never thought it was like super funny 
Okay. So people are going to come yeah. for you. No, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, I, that's I don't a, think that's an invalid opinion. I'm just, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm I curious if, it, if it, the comedy registered for you I, or not. Some, some, some people are very into Monkey Island. Though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, there's corny humor in it. It's a, it's a corny, punny game. Uh, and that, that again, I smile and I, I have fun with it, but I'm not like, oh, man, that is, that is funny. Like some of the, okay. It's, it's the kind of funny you say, oh, that was funny. Or like, that's cute. Yeah. Yeah. I'm you say that's like, funny instead of laughing. What game makes you laugh out loud? I laughed a fair amount during Psychonauts 2. I'm going to be honest with you. Okay. I'm going to say maybe Saints Row had a couple hype. of... Yes. Ha, yeah, had a couple of good, like, pfft, Like, that's just... Okay, that's funny. I'm trying to think... Like, video game humor is super duper tough. And I mm-hmm. think... I even want to say, like, Ron Gilbert has said that, uh, it, like, on record before. Like, it's just so hard. I mean, look, I... I, I la- I always point to jazz punk as kind of like my mm, my version. Of this this game is very funny yeah. more than anything else. Yeah. But also, I you know, humor is an incredibly specific thing. Not everyone thought jazz punk was hilarious. I just kind of point and be like, that's kind of what I want video game comedy to be. What's the one with the the fake the the websites all the the uh, oh I uh, uh, oh god damn it why can't I remember the hyper name? Or something hyper uh, hyper oh. hyperspace cow cowboy. No, dude. How are we all forgetting the name? Hypnospace Outlaw. Hypno, that's Hypnospace right. Outlaw. Yes. There we go. Uh, that was pretty funny. Yes, uh, that that has some funny funny bits in it. But yeah, uh, it's fun. It's fun. It's a fun game. It's charming. It's got heart. Uh, it's it's more mature, I think, than the other Monkey Island games. And again, okay. the, the kind of wrap up at the end there in the epilogue puts it in some perspective of where everybody's head was making the game. And sure. I think it, I think that's really interesting to go it and kind of contextualize it in that sense. I also think it's a kind of a, a fair send off to that series. Cool. A fair revisiting and a fair, um, swan song. Let's oh, say. okay. That's yeah. actually probably the final question to ask. Does it, this feels like it precludes the possibility of another monkey Island. Does this feel like kind of the coda for the whole thing? Again, I think more in the epilogue than in the game itself. More more in like the developers themselves kind of signing off. I think so. Like is the huh. franchise done? I don't know. Can- yeah. But is it canonically done in this sense? It yeah. seems like it. I, I guess I yeah, I mean in the sense of like the creator has sort of it seems like the creator has done what he wanted to do. Oh, it's not just Ron Gilbert. No, right? it's uh, Dave, Dave, Dave Grossman, Grossman, the other yeah. creator, right? So I think I don't know. Like they leave some open threads, but <laughs> emotionally it feels like it has explored what it needs to do if that makes sense it's a like again it's kind of a more the game starts it is mostly told in flashback it, from a uh, an older guy brush and elaine being there and you kind of get the sense at the end that you know the we've had our adventures so it, it's like again it's it's cool it's neat cool it's it's a, it's a well-done adventure game the puzzles are generally generally pretty straightforward. I think maybe I had to look up one thing the entire time. There's a hint book mm. in it as well, in-game hint book, which I don't think I ever ever used. I just had to look up one little thing that was like, that's ah, a bummer. But um, yeah, good, good on him. I'm glad. I am glad for Monkey Island's existence. Twenty five dollars Switch and PC out now. Return to Monkey Island. Let's take a quick break here. The games we talked about before we hit the break. Slime Rancher 2, Rail Grades, Splatoon 3, Spider Hack, Return to Monkey Island, and Alex uh, brought us some more information on Mario and Rabbids 2 and Bayonetta 3 at the top there. Uh, let's t- 
take a break. We'll come back with some news of the world, the video game world. Stick around. This week's show is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Alex Navarro, Brad Shoemaker. You're not going to walk out of the house naked, right? Not if I can help it. You're going to put your VPN on first. Yeah, of course. Of course. One leg at a time, like I always do. (laughs) ExpressVPN is the easiest way to browse safely, securely, and just better. I just use ExpressVPN. I was away on a trip. I've had ExpressVPN for a couple of years here. When I got on that hotel Wi-Fi, I slipped right into ExpressVPN. One click, very easy. Get in there, and then I was able to access the internet let's say what what are you doing on that vacation there i was i had to access my github account Uh and i was doing some coding and then sure i've used my express vpn and then vpn into my home computer likely story Uh uh-huh and then uh i watched uh you know i watched uh some videos uh you know and it's fast what they all say it's got great speeds it was connected very easily i was even able to stream in hd Problemless on the hotel Wi-Fi, and they didn't know they didn't know a damn thing. Says here you can connect to ExpressVPN and you won't even realize you have it on, which I can vouch for. It's pretty seamless. So right now, go to expressvpn.com/nextlander, and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash nextlander to get three extra months of ExpressVPN. Expressvpn.com slash nextlander. Thanks, ExpressVPN. It is now time for the news. And what would a video game podcast about video game news be without a news story about E3? That's right. Uh, any profession loves to talk about itself endlessly. <laughs> I know is, I do. This is, this is very much the screenwriters writing movies about screenwriting. What <clears throat> else kind of is there to say about E3? You know what I mean? Twenty yes, twenty-three. Oh, you're actually asking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. You might not. Okay. Let me start again. Ready? Brad Shoemaker, what else is there to say about E3? Well, yes. glad you asked. Okay. Um, we got kind of an info dump this week from gamesindustry.biz, who it should be said, I believe, is working with the ESA and Reed Pop on E3. <laughs> Their intro to the story you linked was very funny about that. Like, this is going to get leaked. We might as well just put it out there. Yeah, like, this is interesting, actually, because we're in this larger era of, like, forced transparency, it's becoming clear. Like, Sony has done this several times now, where, like, remember when they just threw the design of the DualSense out there randomly on a Tuesday afternoon? Yes. Uh, they've done the same thing with PSVR. Like... I think Microsoft has probably done some of this as well. Like, that's just the reality these days, right? Of, like, leaks being so pervasive that companies are being forced to be like, well, if we want to control the message, we have just got to get out there publicly with this info the second we let it out of our house. Because it's going to get out one way or the other. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of that for E3. Um, Basically, it's like GI is basically saying, like, hey, ReadPop is going to send the pitch deck for the new E3 to publishers this week. Yeah. And so we just have partnered with them to report on that information here because somebody's going to put it out there anyway. Um, 
But again, GI, it sounds like we'll have a, a and this may have been announced. Was this announced? That's back a, when the, I wasn't when paying the read, that much attention. I'm not sure. Alex, do you remember when the read pop collaboration went out? I can't remember. I feel like they might've said GI was involved in some official capacity. I don't remember anything about that in there, but I, yeah. it's not that surprising to me. Anyway, so the point is there is some minor amount of self-promotion going on here for GI as well. But the big news is they announced dates and the format of what it's going to be. Okay. And they are going straight Gamescom, (laughs) which is probably something they should have done years ago. Uh, So it's Tuesday, June 13th to Friday, June 16th next year at the L.A. Convention Center. Mm -hmm. And it is two business days. One overlap business and consumer day, and then Friday will be just for consumers. So that's quite literally how Gamescom does things. It's like the first couple days is just for press and business and meetings. And then the floodgates open for the press and like business. I mean, not for the press, for for, for consumers. Yeah. Like you could still hang around, obviously, as press or business for the public days if you wanted to. I mean, I don't know what attendance will be like here, but I can tell you haven't gone to Gamescom continuing to try to do work at gamescom after the public comes in i mean granted the attendance at gamescom is huge yeah that's the thing it's like quarter of a million people or something insane but it's a gigantic space there too yeah gigantic space and a lot of people showcasing yeah um so yeah i mean there's no number there's no no word about like how many people they're gonna let into this or whatever um and also what business is defined or what is defined as business is a streamer or influencer a business i would bet most like coverage streamers, streamers of of renown will probably be able to get in on the business days just fine okay is, is my guess yeah um but uh like there there's some talk in here about like oh there will be two halves of the physical space yeah. there will be a space de- dedicated to business and then like how do they how do they describe the other half will be the spectacular <laughs> e3 that you're used to is what they say. That's not really that different from the way it's always been because Concourse Hall has always just been a bunch of little meeting booth things. So in in between the two halls where people, so they're saying, they're saying even more. Well, so they're saying Concourse will be for indie devs, right? And they're saying they're going to split the show floor, I guess, was it West Hall and South Hall? Yeah. So the way it's always been is West and South Hall are the two cavernous spaces where all the giant multi-million dollar booths are built. And then Concourse, is the thing that connects them. And that's where the little like extremely unassuming meeting rooms, like right. I'm sure, I mean, I've been to a bajillion meetings in concourse hall and like, there's nothing flashy about them at all. Yeah. Like, right. You feel like you feel like you might be at an automotive tire conference when you yeah. go into those meeting rooms, you like know? a lot it's of like, fake partitions and yes, exactly. Yeah. So like that doesn't sound that different in this case, like the, the rub here though, <laughs> The hope is to reopen Kentia Hall. They How say. do you do that? There is no Kentia Hall. Well, it's a parking garage, so like they either open a new space and call it Kentia Hall, or they set up in the parking garage. I mean, they could just do do away with the concourse hall and turn that into Kentia if you really wanted to. But well, the concourse, like Vinny said, is they're saying there will be more like, indies. Yeah, like mm. people who don't want you know. Listen, I'm sure booth space is still very expensive and you know you don't want to have to pay for all of that floor floor space right yeah. so you get your your booth but having a kencha hall thing they're saying it's going to be a cozy coffee and donuts kind of business e encounter no, yeah that's not kencha that's- well that's the thing it is it, you're right it's not like they they don't come out and say it but the wording does kind of make it sound like kencha is going to be the place where they what they say will be featuring quieter more comfortable booths with areas to connect and network and grab a coffee like that 
kind of sounds like what they want to do with Kenshio, which is certainly not the role Kenshio played no. in the past. I, they should uh, it should be noted at the top. I think they say this is not the entire plan. This is not all inclusive. Yeah, there's they, there's they, still some development here. Yeah, they say there's more to come. Like it kind of it kind of sounds like Concourse is being carved out as a space for indies and small publishers, and then Kenshia is going to become the new Concourse, mm-hmm. which. Again, a lot of this is a lot of navel gazing for people who don't go to E3 and who certainly don't care about like what is where in there. Right. But for somebody who's been to two dozen E3, is like it's fairly meaningful. Um, but the the big stuff out of this is the dates and the fact that it is now a split business leading into consumer thing. And the other major thing out of this, and this is actually the part that is the smartest thing in here in terms of Reed taking this over, is they are just like establishing the biggest umbrella possible and saying, if you are in LA, if you are announcing games, if you are doing anything E3 ish during that week, like we want to support and include you, which <laughs> it's very weird is extremely different. I mean, it's like diametrically opposed to what happened the last few years of like companies pulled out of E3 and then became like persona non grata to the ESA, right? Like the second that Activision wasn't on the floor anymore, or like Sony pulled out into its own space, like, they were not considered officially part of E3 anymore, right? Yeah. If they weren't paying the dues or fees or whatever to get a booth space on the floor, they were like, yes, they were still there. Like EA Play, you know, everybody who was in town for E3 went to EA Play anyway, but like E3 proper kind of pretended like EA Play didn't exist, right? Well, and and, that's the thing, right? Is that they can't afford that anymore. Like too many companies pulled out. They've had, you know, this lull of an actual in-person E3 and they have to do everything they can to try and make as many publishers involved in this thing as they can, because that's still the big question mark. Everything they're doing structurally here sounds like the right move, but none of it is going to matter if they do not put together a compelling list of companies that will be showing at this event. And that was the real problem with E3 toward the end was that it felt like there was maybe at peak two-thirds of a normal like actual viable e3 running at any given moment yeah yeah and like it honestly frankly it's like this is kind of like the organizers eating some crow and just saying like yes we need to we need to not be so full of ourselves because we need everybody we can get here it says like in 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 describing like you know people who are off the floor like in hotel suites or down the street in a parking lot or whatever uh, E3 will officially partner with as many of these other events as will have it and for free. So that so that's going to be really interesting to see how discovery works on this app, you know, in terms yeah. of uh, filtering location based. Is it, is it going to be time based? Like I'm looking for a game event in my area within five miles happening. <laughs> Hot within, game <laughs> events in your area <laughs> within yeah, 10 minutes. Like it, there is this E3 meeting app that they talk about, and it's certainly very easy to roll your eyes at, at the idea of yet another conference app or whatever, but like, yeah, if they do that well, it sounds like it's opt in, yeah. which obviously it should be. Um, and outside of, again, outside of ESA restrictions. So it's, it's interesting. If that app became super popular, popular, you could see it becoming a victim of its own success, right? Where you want right. to pay for promotion or you want to only ESA members get top billing or whatever it is. I, it, it, if if that app is done well, it could help. It could oh, make a for sure for, for especially for like smaller exhibitors and stuff like that. Um, hopefully that will be handled well. I mean, this whole thing reads as pretty haha reads as as pretty pretty intelligent. Like it seems like whoever is running this 
has identified the problems with E3 pretty acutely and is trying to do something about them. Now they just got to execute. Now they just got to get the people. Yeah. And like, you know, this language in here of like, oh, this is not even nearly the whole plan, like really makes me curious, like what else they've got in mind. I mean, Reed's had a lot of experience with PAX. It is, they they run a pretty organized event multiple times a year in different countries. They have a pretty wide net. What else do they do? Like they do concerts, Comic-Con, right? I think, and mm-hmm. some other, yeah, they definitely know what they're doing. I just, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of, I fairly seem, I'm somewhat impressed though. It seems like they not only have that experience here, but they have pretty savvy, like any very savvy manner, looked at E3 and said, here are A, B, and C of what's wrong with this thing right. and what was wrong with the ESA's approach. Yeah. Uh, which th- is, which is nice to see. Like it gives, it gives one some confidence that this might be executed well they might figure it out so the things that are not addressed here are press conferences you know in terms of um like what is that to me those were always the tent poles of e3 right you the big press right. conferences and then everything else demos and stuff flow out from there also pricing is not listed here and that's obviously going to be different i think depending on business or what passes you get and you know all of those things and uh, again kind of the implementation of the app will there be grousing 100 percent? will it be kind of like we just said at the end useful if not crashing and buggy probably i mean there's no way that thing's not going to just collapse on day one right like that thing will probably it's hard to say it's hard to say uh um so cool I, I don't know, yeah this, this- this is all, you know, for the people on the consumer end out there who are never going to go to this, but like miss video game Christmas in June. Mm-hmm. Like this is probably the best news you could hope for. Yeah. Because it seems like everything about this is uh, is bent on restoring that. Like it, it, getting getting your week along just, you know, shotgun blast of announcement after announcement and all that stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, I still have some skepticism about whether that can ever actually be recaptured yeah, even it, with it the all, right approach. It all depends on how many people actually show up. Company, how many companies actually yeah. show up is what I mean. But it, uh, it's very much a situation, or it seems very much like a situation where it took too long for the ESA and the E3 key holders to realize that the other publishers don't need them as much as they need the publishers, yeah. and like, took too long. Yeah, like this, this all of the theme of this is that somebody has finally come along with enough self-awareness to realize they're not operating from the position of strength that they used to. <laughs> yeah. Where the ESA couldn't seem to admit that to themselves. Like, it just seems like yeah. hubris in that case. And so the publishers um, at this point, the, the question is, do they come back if offered a platform that is looser to come show their wares? Because it's still expensive to get demos and do an E3 experience or are they more comfortable now doing it on their own terms and doing their own streams throughout the year? And we don't need, they don't need that press cycle in the summer or will they feel like they're missing out? Yeah. Like this all sounds pretty good, but if they don't establish the like battery of press conferences between Sunday and Tuesday that they've had before, like this is all going to feel kind of limp in the final analysis because like the show is, the show is well and good. Like a, like a, a, Robust show floor is great for people who go to the show floor, but for people at home, if there aren't these big like stage shows full of exciting news and stuff, yeah, there's probably not much there. And again, like we talked about it before, like E3 at its core is still a business event, you know, mm-hmm. like for the people going there to do business, they don't need stage shows, but for people at home, what does Keely like, say? Without, without those, there's not a lot of meaning here. 
What's what's the Keeley take? Uh, I don't know. I haven't <laughs> looked at what he's had to say about this okay. in the last day or so. Um, what saith the Godfather of Games? I mean, it, it says right in here, though. You know, uh, you could be showcasing at the PC Gamer Show or Summer Games Fest, and E3 and and GI will still want to hear from you and talk about what you're doing. GI is going to be putting out like daily mm. news and interviews and analysis and statistics type stuff. It almost sounds like the old show daily newsletter that they would make mm-hmm. and put out, which I still have a stack of in the closet. Those are probably worth something to someone. I yeah. wonder if they'll do exclusive streaming rights for some stuff. I wonder if we'll uh, go back into that. Uh, I don't know. Coverage thing. Uh, it doesn't sound like, I mean, from the sound of this, it sounds like, like they've literally will take anything. They can get. <laughs> Just come cover our show, please. Are there going to be risers? Can we get a camera on some risers, please? Thank you very much. Probably. Uh, I don't know. Do you guys want to go to E3? I don't know, man. Sure, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> this is a Fuck weird... I, well, too early to say. Uh, yeah, too early to say. TBD. Like it, really, it really, you know, like this This sounds like a pretty solid plan, but if they don't get buy-in from any of the right companies, yeah. you know... It's going to yes. be tough. We'll have to see. Uh, let's. We got some other quick new. Well, it's not quick, but uh, not as groundbreaking as the electronic uh, expo here. The GTA leak hackers. Yeah, yes, they're out there. They got in. Yeah. They got out. We saw GTA Six in its early state. Who's responsible for this? What crack team of aging white beards, gray beards, got in there and? Uh, and took them out. Oh, come on. Nope. That's That hasn't been the stereotype in like 30 years. It's always teenagers now. It's a minor. It is straight up a 17-year-old Damn. who has been charged by UK police. Uh, part of a group called Lapsus, I guess is how you say that. The last S is a, is a dollar sign, so great. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, no, perfect. I think it's a, is it a dollar sign. Yeah, game. Lapsus. Lapsus Lazuli. Um... It's a 17-year-old. The, the craziest thing about this to me, none of this has been confirmed. This is all based on reporting, and like, especially because this person is underage. Nobody, mm-hmm. like the, the name has not been released, and et cetera, et cetera. This person was claiming to also be responsible for that extremely deep Uber breach. And I kind of looked at that and was like, yeah, I bet. Sure well, enough, it seems like this person absolutely was the same person. Well, and so the the reason I think they were able to hone in on this this kid is because they had also been arrested earlier this year for uh, hacking Microsoft and NVIDIA. Yes, yes. So there have been breaches of those companies, and apparently this is like part of one of the charges is like like violation of pro- terms of probation because they yeah. were already in deep shit over those hacks, and now they've done it again. You know, you know what this means. They found Zero Cool. Oh, wow. Finally. They found him. him. Okay, no, but see, Zero Cool at this point would be our age. Yeah, you're right. It's just going to wind up... Zero Cool's son. Some kind of weird demolition man thing where, uh, you know, this kid's going to wind up working for the... We're never going to hear from this kid again. He's gonna work for the government. Like, That's what go, I mean. Yeah, yeah, right. He will. He, he the the this the stories on this hack will yeah. end in within the next thirty days. <laughs> yes, and it's the and rock. We'll the next time this person turns up, it will be because a foreign government has arrested him for like cyber hacking on behalf of the UK mm-hmm. government or whatever. Okay, man, dude, say what you will about poor adolescent judgment, but man, to go after those companies, get arrested for it, and 
like be on terms of release already and then to go and do it again in such a public fashion and well, no. put all that shit out there and taunt them about it like man but you know what here's the thing the second they turn 18 that's when they're just going into straight up federal prison so it's like you got to get all those cyber crimes in before you reach reach legal adult yeah man I, I guess so man like how long was it before kevin mitnick was allowed to touch a computer again it was a long like time decades i think i forget the uh, the thing that stuck out to me I, again the teen thing is is wild. I mean, obviously there's a group involved, so maybe not just a solo person. But the um, prosecution was saying in the court paper saying they uh, they did it from their phone, which is like, I don't know, man. It's that's uh, hacking anything from your phone, whether you're a teen or not, seems. Impressive, not impressive. Impressive is not the right word. I don't want to glorify this, but I, yeah, I can't I, even I, type I, fast on my phone. I don't. I don't know if that goes to some um, specific feature of the UK legal system where it's like, oh, we can we can apply this charge if they used a phone for it or something like that. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's why they put that out there. Some telecom. Well, I mean, it sounds like it sounds like there was a lot of social engineering involved in most of these hacks, mm. like like you know socially engineering passwords to get into company slacks and stuff like happens. that and like that that kind of stuff you could definitely you know you obviously just get the slap back on your there's slack app <laughs> yeah. on your phone once you get that password you can get in there and then start gaining access to internal storage that way there is also the possibility that maybe they have were banned as part of their probation from using computers and this was their way of trying to get around that these are all very valid I mean, phones points. are computers i'm just yes. saying i'm all uh, all the only thing I again want to point out is you were hacked by a teen on your phone. It's just not a great thing to read for a huge data breach. Uh, no, I run No, that's a joke in a grand theft auto game. <laughs> totally. That is a mission. Is. Yeah. Like, uh, like, Oh man, I already hacked him. I got yeah, him in. Like, I got in there that, already. Like that is the kind of satire you would see in a GTA where you'd be like, yeah, fuck that in real life. It would be like a group of state actors with like high right. level, networking access and stuff and it's like nope it actually but again though Some like if, if, if you're like social engineering stuff you can kind of do however like yes, that's really right. just you, based on people's well, poor people's poor infosec which like people got to get better about password strength and stuff yes oh and, man and, and and email addresses and whatever was like not buttoned up enough to prevent this mm-hmm. uh, two factor i don't know but yeah, uh, I I think I'm kind of with you, Alex. Maybe we'll hear more about this. Maybe we will not. And uh, this just could be the end we ever hear. All I mean, I'm going to we- say to this kid is uh, good luck in your black ops career. Uh, and uh, I hope you manage to stay anonymous forever. <laughs> Very good. Uh, this GTA 6 quickly here. Here's the quick bit of here. Uh, Brad, you put this new story in. We were debating whether or not to bring it up, but I think that I think it's too funny to just pass over for this week. What is PlayStation VR 2's tagline, or what? What are the marketing spiel here? I haven't even watched this trailer. I just I was assaulted by I I was I was confronted, but with this on the PS5 dashboard on the store when I logged in a couple nights ago, (laughs) and they dump you into the store. And the top unit was a PSVR 2 promotion with their new tagline for PSVR 2. Feel a new reel. <laughs> I don't know, man. Not something. See, huh. I would have even gone with feel the reel. 
But Let's feel unnew real. Feel new. I just like what's real is real. I don't. I don't know about that a, one. Feel a new real. Feel a new real. Feel a new real. Like, like they're trying to shorten up reality, like it's a slang thing, and I just I don't know. I don't know about this one. Why does it like I? It's better than the feels are real. The feels I, are real. That would be no. That would bad. be worse. You're right. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's because they shipped me one of those inside collector's editions with the fleshy Ew. thing. Uh-huh. But like this tagline just makes me think it's like it should be some kind of like real doll slogan or Ew. something. Mm. I don't know why. Feel the new real doll? That's, no. Yeah. Uh. I don't know. Um all right. Well, we're gonna feel the new real. We're gonna wrap it up here uh mm. on the news side. We're going to jump into, uh, let's say, one or two emails here quickly. Sure. I've got sure. one, too, if, if it's not one that you're picking, Brad. So, Oh. Um, feel the new feel the new email. I've, feel the new email. I've got, I've got a number here. Why don't you read yours first, and I'll pick a couple okay. more that I've got. This is just a quick one here from Jason from Corpus Christi. Came in today. I've had my Steam Deck for about a month and have taken it out in public space a couple times. Uh, Each time I've had it out, a guy, usually in his 30s, asks, what is that? I'm 46, by the way. I tell him it's a Steam Deck, and I get a very confused look back. I tell them, you know, for the computer platform, Steam, the store, Valve, all that. I get blank stares back, and then I have gotten the exact same question back every time. So you can play Call of Duty or Madden on it? (laughs) I don't really play either of these games, and I just want to end the conversation quickly at this point. (laughs) How do I, A, explain the Steam Deck, and B, get out of this conversation in the future? Hmm. Don't say Steam. Say it's a portable. It's for playing PC games. I say, do you know what a Nintendo Switch is? And if they don't know what that is, just say, I can't help you. (laughs) Say it captures your soul. If you stare stare at it too long, I I capture souls and uh, your credit card information. It is a a Nintendo Switch-like device, but it plays PC games. It's portable PC. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if the phrase "PC games" is any more meaningful than the word "Steam" in that context. If they don't know what Steam is, look, just say "computer games." They'll figure it yes. out. Okay, maybe maybe that's the way to go. You can play Math know. Blasters on it. Yeah, that's, that's kind right. of wild to me. Like a decade ago, I could have believed, like, oh, there are people out there who don't know what Steam is. But like Steam, Steam gift cards have been at point of sale in GameStop forever at this point. I yeah, just kind of you know what I mean. Like right next to all the other consoles, and I just if kind you of know. Assumed if you know enough to know what Call of Duty and Madden are, I feel like you should have just enough knowledge to know what PC games are and maybe what Steam is. Yeah, I guess, I mean, you know, there is that category of video game player who literally just plays, like, one or two of those two games, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. They just play the new Call of Duty every year or they just play the new Madden and that's kind of it. So I, I guess, yeah, yeah, I, guess I, I could still see that even though Steam shows up in retail spaces a lot and stuff, it's not universal knowledge. I and to answer the second part of that question, uh, if if you continue to get blank stares after saying what I just said, just be like, "Look, man, it's just a thing you play video games on," uh, and you know, leave it at that. And if they keep pressing you, just say like, "I, I, I don't speak English." <laughs> no, everything I've said up to this point, yeah, yeah. I learned phonetically, uh-huh. and I this is a thing I've I had, had to rehearse lines. many times. Yeah. But I assure you, I speak no English. Yes, and that is the end. That's all I know. That's how I and I have to end this conversation. Uh, good luck on your uh, on your Steam Deck adventures. Why are people talking to people? That's a first I know. Problem. No one should do that. Uh, Brad, do you have a, a, an email here? Could read this email from Ian. Mm-hmm. 
because I've got recent firsthand experience. When did we talk about Costco? I don't remember. At least a couple of po- it, like Ramblecasts ago, was I think. It, was it, yeah, was it even this show? We do too many podcasts. Yeah. I don't know which one we or how many people listening to this even heard that conversation, but we talked about Costco. I used to work in the food court at Costco. Oh. This was a decade ago, but I'm sure it's still similar. Uh, first off, the $1.50 hot dog and drink combo was seen as a member benefit and is not seen as something to make profit on. Okay. Uh, for instance, in Hawaii or other high-cost areas of the world, the hot dog combo is still $1.50 since it gets people into the store and acts as grassroots advertising. Yeah, that's not super that surprising to hear that it's uh, a lost leader. Uh, he actually goes on to say, like, the $5 rotisserie chick. Do y'all have Costco out there? Yeah, uh, there is one out here. Yeah, yeah. Really interesting. I didn't know they were on the East Coast. That's promising. There's one actually on in my like near my neighborhood. There's Costco and there's the unfortunately named BJ's. Yes. Okay. Interesting. We we only had we only had Sam's Club where I'm from, which is the Walmart version of all this, right? Which does not have the delectable five dollar rotisserie chickens. (laughs) Anyway, uh, Ian mentions those are also loss leaders, which is not super surprising at all. Uh. Here's the part that is really relevant to me. The chicken bakes are amazing and made by hand in the food court. They are made with pizza dough, bacon bits, cheese mix, which is provolone and mozzarella, chicken and Caesar dressing. The box of chicken bakes for sale in the frozen section are pale imitations, all caps, (laughs) of the fresh made ones and come to us already from already made from some nameless food factory. Uh, I had a chicken bake yesterday from a box or just go to Costco. I, no, no, we got the chicken bake. We got, we got two of them. Whole chicken. Bakes. Two of I, them. I proposed, I proposed, Hey, you want to split a chicken bake? Mm-hmm. And the answer came back. I'm not splitting a chicken bake with you. Nice. Appropriate Damn. answer. <laughs> I'm Damn. getting my own. Good answer. Good answer. They are, they Survey are almost, says ni- almost 900 calories. For they're an almost, entire chicken bake. They're almost 900 calories for 399. You know, I guess I can see why you might get your own. That's an efficient use of calories. It was exactly as decadent and sits exactly as heavily on your stomach. Just take a nap. As you think. As you think. I believe it. Just take uh, this, a nap. I, I, this, was, this was like 8 p.m. Oh. I basically was unable to do anything else except go to bed. <laughs> and digest that chicken bake. Chicken uh, bake is pretty serious. I might have to go try chicken bake at some day when I'm have saved up 900 calories. Do you have, do you have a Costco membership? Uh, somebody I know does. That means I could walk in with them. Yes, right? you can go. Yes, you can go into yes. a Costco anytime. I thought they check your card on the way in. Do oh, they they do check your card at the yeah. door. Yeah, you just can't buy anything. Oh wait, can I get in solo without a card? Mm, I don't I know they, about I that. They, they almost stopped used me. To yesterday because i don't have the membership and i was like just enough feet away from my girlfriend that they were like wait are you together okay yes yeah so they're yeah Hmm. we get costco from the person we know family friend will bring us like costco tidings every once in a while where we wind up with like you know 24 boxes of mac and cheese um that place is grocery shangri-la i mean like i know oh yeah um i know that like Family size, wholesale, whatever is not some new concept or whatever, but dude, it's so fucking cheap. It's it's a little scary. I'm sure it's, it's exacerbated by living in San Francisco where everything is expensive, but going in there and being able to get like what would be like four separate tubs of hummus at the Safeway yeah. all together in one for the price of one of those. And hummus also tubs. a sixty inch TV. If you, yes. like, if you and want. some jeans. And some jeans. Like you, 
you need to own a commercial refrigerator to really buy everything from Costco and be able to keep it all. Yes. You're running basically a restaurant at some point. Man, that's the dream. Uh, should we uh, should we wrap up with the the Costco chicken bake nine hundred calorie email? Maybe, maybe. If you have one more short one, I bet we could squeeze it in. Ryan asks, "What do you think GTA Six's Uber or rideshare analog will be called? How about wrecked with a K? R E K T. Oh, that's pretty good. That R E that honestly R E K T sounds like exactly something that would be in a GTA. That sounds like exactly GTA's like slightly obvious brand of." <laughs> satirical corporate branding yeah i think you kind of nailed that one in one or puber like they'll just puber puber actually wow is that the dan hauser like is that the dan hauser quality is that as soon as he leaves they're just saying puber no puber it'll be puber like that's actually that from from adam's family pubert i I would expect that of dan hauser actually that's kind of his thing like like you know it's pubes hey man i I needed a ride to get out of here, and I was I I went deep into puber. You know, like it, they would do some bad you know commercial for it too. That's my answer. Or, like on, honestly, if anything, I hope that this change in writing creative staff there maybe results in slightly <laughs> less obvious. Why is it hope? More, more subtle types of satire in what, places? What are the chances that it's just not Uber and it's actually licensed? Like maybe that's the new direction of like, you know what? We could just actually license a rideshare thing and make money off of that and just call it Uber. Uh or they'll call it uh what was the name of the thing? Lap lap lapless lap lap lapsus lapsus <laughs> lapsus sucks. <laughs> just uh just call it that. <coughs> they'll call it secure your freaking passwords. Mm-hmm. All right. Um we're gonna we're gonna take that as our email section for today but if you want to send in emails you can send them to brett podcast at nextlander.com podcast at nextlander.com that's gonna do it for this week's show i want to thank everybody for uh um supporting us for coming out listening to the podcast Mm -hmm. live wherever you are really appreciate it uh, we're for holding this uh, event, this pre E three uh, podcast event. I want to thank everybody mm-hmm. for listening. We've got a lot of fun stuff going on. You heard it before, but we had the Splatoon, uh, Next Lander versus Giant Bomb, Abby Russell included. Uh, you can go check the archive of that up on the, the YouTube now or Twitch if you want to go do that. We've got Gabriel Knight coming up on uh, Friday and on Thursday this week. No, sorry. On Thursday, we've got Gabriel Knight, and then we've got a patron's choice coming up on Friday. Sorry. Yes. Uh, poll should be up by the time this podcast uh, hits your ears, so you can check that out if you're looking to vote on a patron's choice stream for this week. Ooh. Um, Watchcast, we just started our Halloween stuff, so uh, we recorded the thing. And you can go check out the schedule coming up soon. Yeah, Alex? Yes, that will be up before the end of the week. Uh, So look for that for what's going on in the WatchCast. If you want to watch along with us, of course, if you want to support us, you can go over to patreon.com slash nextlander. Find a tier that is right for you. We got a bunch of them out there with other benefits like uh, early uh, watch cast. You got the video ramble cast, a whole bunch of stuff. Go check it. Never been a better podcast. We had everybody on the whole mm-hmm. world on, uh, the next never been a better podcast. I haven't edited it yet. I'm sure it's going to be a nightmare. 
but everybody was pretty well behaved. That's uh, yeah. Bacalar, Abby, Austin, uh, Dan. They're all there. That's going to be fun. Look for that coming game. up. <laughs> Look for that coming out in October. We talk a lot about scarier, scary movies, not scary movies, scary movies, uh, some movie spoilers in there maybe for some older stuff. If you go over to the Patreon, you will see one tier there called the Mysterious Benefactor tier that gets their names read on this here show. Just one of the many benefits on the different tiers there. For the Mysterious Benefactor tier, Alex Navarro. Yes. Can you read off our Mysterious Benefactors for this week? I sure can. Our Mysterious, uh, our mysterious Benefactors for this week are Farm RPG, John Richardson, Vornak, Vinny's Giant Booga Boogas, Kelly F., James Smith, Brian Lucier, Skywarp, John Hubbard, Sean Miller, Brad's Midsize Hoodoo Voodoo, Evan Cook, Mark Wilhelm, JM, Jerry Lee, Gary Pejsky, Conrad Kuzman, Robert Fisher, John McInnes, Do the Buddy Crime, Serve the Bunny Time, Peter Reardon, Thomas Lynn, Chad Rita, Statics, Andrew Jackson, Dad Grizz 2, Child of Raz, coming in April 2023. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. Brian Murphy, Trevor and Adrian R., Kevin Villato, Randy Duax, Mark Allenbach, Andrew Teepkin, Alex Wu, It Me JP, Matt Clements Jr., Edward Cheek, Andrew Slosky, Steve Lynn, Matthew Herrig, David Campos, and Tyler Treese. And thanks again to our mysterious benefactors, and thanks again to everyone for supporting us. We say it all the time because we mean it. Couldn't do it without you. Appreciate it. That's going to do it for this week's podcast. We got to get Brad Shoemaker off to the mint. That's right. Got to go. Got to raid that place. <laughs> got to go. out there with a big sack of coins on the shoulder. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm so jealous. Not, yes, you're going to see cool video games, but, oh, man, going to the mint's fun. They have special mint coins they can only used to only be able to buy in the mint. I don't have one from San Francisco. I've got the Denver and Philadelphia oh. one. I don't know if they still make them. It's a... Anyway, have a good time, Brad. Uh, thank you, Alex. Thank you, Brad. Thanks again to everybody for listening, and we'll be back next week.